Faith and discipline. We continue this morning. We uh we've been uh, through the we've been dealing with this topic of faith and discipline and talking about it since the beginning of the year and and we went through the first quarter with the disciplines of our faith and last week was sort of like a little uh recess as we celebrated the lord's supper together and and uh, celebrated what uh christ had done in in giving himself as that sacrifice for us and and yet we're going to continue with the faith and discipline as sort of the overarching theme of the year and uh and quite honestly, this morning we begin with Ecclesiastes. I had shared from the beginning that uh, second quarter of the year I would be preaching through Ecclesiastes. And, and uh, you know, looking at how it was falling according to the dates, I thought, that's going to make for an interesting Easter service. Right? It's going to be interesting Easter morning then if we're going to be in Ecclesiastes, but we are. Uh, because faith and discipline are these things that define uh, for us uh, the, the life that God's given to us. And, and quite honestly, faith and discipline are more about defining us instead of defining for us. You know, we walk by faith. We live by faith. God has granted us this incredible life and redemption, and, and it's by faith. And so we were singing, he lives a while ago, and, and we trust and believe that he lives and, and know that he has accomplished this in us. So, so uh, today's Easter. Right? And, and some of y'all walk up and say Happy Easter. Some of y'all say Happy Resurrection Day. Truth is, we celebrate the resurrection every day, not just once a year. Okay? We celebrate the resurrection all the time. Because that's our victory. That's our life. Now, we have life in, in the, the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. All righty? So, um, message today is entitled, What Meaning? And guess what? It's Easter. And today is full of meaning. So that's how I'm going to tie it together. You just have to keep up. Here we go. Ecclesiastes 1, verses 1 through 3. Short little passage. Here we go. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem, absolute futility, says the teacher. (laughs) Absolute futility. Everything is futile. What does a person gain for all his efforts that he labors at under the sun? All right, let's pray, all right? Here we go. God, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you that we have a reason to celebrate, not just today, but particularly today. We celebrate Easter. We celebrate the resurrection. We celebrate the empty tomb. God, we celebrate the the victory over sin and death uh, that you've given to us. And so, God, as we gather today, we we want it to be a celebration. We want it to be this this proclamation and this this declaration of life that you've given to us. Because, quite honestly, uh, as we look at the world around us, in a lot of ways, we see something other than life. We see a lot of death. We see a lot of misery. We see a lot of despair. And yet, we, as your kids, we as your people we as the body of Christ we have a reason to celebrate life so God help us to celebrate the the point the purpose the meaning that you've given to us in this life and we pray it in Jesus name amen one of the things I enjoyed studying in school was philosophy I I I I remember sitting in my first philosophy class with Dr. McAllister and he got up and was, and this is, sorry, I'm old, so he got up with a chalkboard, started scribbling on the chalkboard with chalk, right? Now we got whiteboard, and now we don't have any boards, and now we just got 
tablets and stuff. But anyway, so he's scribbling on the board and he's writing stuff up there that that I just sat there going. And 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 I I looked around and and most of the people in the class first philosophy introduction to Western philosophy right and I'm looking around the class and and everybody had the same look on their face we were all kind of like you know looking at this thing and he was mentioning names and he was mentioning uh, theories and and questions and all this kind of stuff and finally after about three or four days in this opening philosophy class I don't think it was me because I'm I, I sat in the back corner you know uh, when I was in school I did I never sat in the AB triangle you know what the AB triangle is that's everybody across the front going to a triangle point in the back and everybody in that triangle made A's and B's I was over there Right, I was against the back wall because I knew if I sat against the back wall, if I happened to doze off, then my head would be held up by the wall. And so I'd do like this. Right? So I was not in the A-B triangle, just so y'all know. But somebody finally raised their hand in philosophy class and said, Huh? What are you talking about? Well, well, what is the point of this conversation? Well, what, who is that person? What does that mean? What, what, why are we here? <laughs> McAllister looked at us and went, exactly. That's the question. That's what we're going to talk about all semester long. Three questions of philosophy. Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where will I go when I leave here? That's what philosophy tries to answer. It's what mankind has been seeking the answers to. Uh, they, they, they seek those kind of answers in, in all kind of ways, and they start looking for meaning in, in their surroundings. In, in they, they, they look for meaning in different, different ways and different, different ideas and, and, and quite honestly in different pursuits and people and, 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 and everything that you insert in that question of why am I here or, or what is the meaning of life? Anything earthly that you insert into the answer of that question is going to let you down. See? You can, you can find meaning in, in career until you retire or die. You, you can find meaning in another person. Man, I know people who relationships become, you know, the reason for living until it doesn't go well. You know, some people find meaning in causes. <laughs> I could really go a long time on this one. Just warning you. You know, you look at society and look at the causes that people are 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 championing. And 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 I've shared with you before this idea that that you know God, this this divine identity uh, that that the Bible reveals that we can know through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the divine identity, God. God is the one who is responsible for all of this sanctuary of creation. We look at trees, we look at leaves, we look at flowers. Don't look at those flowers, they're fake. Uh, but, <laughs> but the point is, is that we look at creation around us and we see order and we see design and we see God's hand in it and yet we live in a world that wants to deny God's existence, God's identity, God's design. Matter of fact, beyond denying God's design, mankind wants to redefine the design. Mankind wants to celebrate 
denying God and God's design. Uh, somebody asked me about this. Everybody asks, you know, people always want to know, well, what do you think about this? I say, all right, here, here you go. Here's what I think about it. I believe in God. I believe he's God. We aren't. I believe he created it all. I believe in creation we see design. If God is the author of design, then God has a plan and a purpose for who we are. But if I live my life denying God's plan and then go a step beyond that and live my life denying God's design, then ultimately I'm denying God and his identity. You see? So, so, so this whole idea of pursuing meaning <coughs> and people, people take a, a perspective, a, a vantage point and say, well, here's where I've found meaning. Uh, here's, here's the truth I've found. I listened to one guy this week. He said, uh, made this blanket statement. It's, it's an, it's a, it's an absolute statement. So, you know, it's false. He said, there's no such thing as truth. Really? You see? Now, your truth might be different from my truth. Well, guess what that makes it? It's not truth. See, it defies the definition of truth. Okay? It's why Jesus can very pointedly say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See? See, and then all the world around here says, oh, well, Jesus was a good person, but he wasn't God, or he wasn't the Savior, or he's a truth. So I'm looking at this passage, and it says the words of the teacher. Well, who is this guy? Koheleth is, is the Hebrew word for it, and it, it means it, it's translated teacher, or it's translated in some translations preacher. What it means is one who gathers a crowd to proclaim. That, that's the Hebrew understanding of it. This koheleth, this, this idea that, that he's one who has called people together to give instruction Okay, uh, most scholars believe Solomon to be the author, uh, and, and even those who don't believe that that Solomon authored it believe Solomon's the source of it. Okay, that that, that Sol- when you you look at the decision, we're going to walk through this for the next well, twelve weeks. So we're going to be in a lot of what this this book Ecclesiastes says, and and so we're going to understand a little bit of of a perspective that that. Quite honestly, we can find anywhere in the world today. Because basically what we see here is, is, is this person, Koheleth, this teacher, this preacher, this king in Jerusalem, this, this son of David who, who basically pursues everything in the world looking for meaning. That's just Carmen. I'm glad to meet Carmen. She's just a minute up here, y'all. You see, this is, we're going to get Solomon's perspective on the meaning of life. And then we're going to find out just how frustrated he becomes by pursuing everything in the world that people promised would give meaning. You think we see that in our world today? People reaching and grabbing 
at, at illusions, quite honestly, delusions, reaching at images and and ideas and 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 these 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 concepts of 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 it's a facade and a mirage created in the world and and it's false that's the opposite of truth it's false and then wondering why we've got this. I shared this a few weeks ago, and I don't mind saying it. Um, wondering why we've got drug dependency, either prescribed or not. Because people are reaching and grasping for a, for a, a, a facade of meaning. You see? And he says this, absolute futility, hell, meaninglessness, futility, vanity. That's the King James word, right? Vanity of vanities. This futility, this this vanity, this meaninglessness that 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 and 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 we're getting sort of the the prelude to the book. We're going to read how he got to that statement. I tried this, and I tried this, and I tried this, and I tried this. We're going to look at all of it. But he's giving his summation right here, and he says it's all meaningless. Everything under the sun, everything earthly, everything temporal, everything that you can find in this this, this physical sort of life pursuit is futility. It's meaningless. See? To make the statement, here you go, to make the statement that everything is futile in verse 2 means that, that uh, and I'm going to call him Solomon because I, I happen to be one of those folks that believe Solomon is definitely the source and most likely wrote it, okay? Solomon tried everything possible to come up with that conclusion. Tried it all. And he details it in this book. Folks, there are people who read Ecclesiastes and go, it's the most despairing and discouraging and depressing book of the Bible. And and much of it is until you get to the end. That's why I'm looking forward to the end. We're going to get to the end of June and then I'm going to be able to go, whoa, here's the answer. So, so maybe you're like my wife, Angie. You know, I don't do this. When I, I can count on one hand how many books that I've started and not finished. Because if I start something, I finish it. If I start reading a book, I finish reading the book. If I start reading a series of books, I have to read it till it's done, right? Not Angie. Uh, y'all can go tell her this. I love it when y'all go out of here and tell her I've been talking about her. <laughs> The other week when I called her a beast, people went and told her that. I thought, man, where are my friends? I don't know. My point being is that Angie will get a book and she'll read the end of it to know whether she wants to finish it or not. <laughs> my brain doesn't work that way. But let me just tell you something. If Ecclesiastes gets overburdensome, go read the end. Go read it. Because Solomon gives you the meaning of life. 
and the meaning of the pursuit. You see, and we're going to work our way to it because quite honestly, folks, I believe Christianity and believers and followers of Christ are struggling in this current culture, particularly in America, to answer the, 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 the absolute absurdity that's going on in the world around us. We don't know how to answer it. We don't know how to confront it. We don't know how to stand up for the things that, that are truth, the things that are righteousness. And I remember a few weeks ago, if you were here, I was preaching from, uh, no, no. Gathering in the Word. If you get gathering in the Word, the daily devotional that goes out Monday through Friday, uh, there's a written form, there's a video form now. It even shows up in podcast form sometime. But I dealt with Romans chapter 1, verses 16, 17, 18, I think, something like that, where it says the wrath of God is poured out from heaven on godlessness and unrighteousness. The unrighteousness that, that denies the truth. Folks, we live in a culture and a society that is denying truth. And in denying truth is denying God. And I honestly believe that we as Christians struggle to answer that truth. <laughs> Some of you have been waiting for me to preach on this for 10 years. Well, we're going to get it over the next 12 weeks. Okay? Because we have truth. Solomon tried everything. Solomon tried everything to, 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 to satisfy this question of meaning. And he couldn't find it. So, so this, this pursuit that we have, let's ask ourselves, and I want you to take a, a, an assessment right now in your own life. What are you pursuing? What is it you've set as a goal out there somewhere? Well, what is it that you believe is, is going to bring you uh, uh, that sense of peace, that sense of comfort, that sense of wholeness, that sense of, of, of achievement? Right? Uh, is it, you know, the, the, the need to identify with some group in the culture? Is it the need to, to, to establish some identity that makes you feel better about some struggle in your life? Or is it that something bad happened? And now I'm trying to, to work through it and, 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 and this, helps me work through it can i just tell you something i've said it before uh, the answer to life's problems is jesus and i don't mean that flippantly and i don't mean that just as some sort of super preachery sounding thing the answer is jesus the answer's always been jesus guess what the answer tomorrow is gonna be jesus too okay it's a relationship with a creator god who loved us enough to die on the cross in our place so that we could have life uh, this morning, at, and I, I told folks this morning at sunrise, because we, we had sunrise, but it wasn't S-U-N rise, it was S-O-N rise. We celebrated the sunrise at 6.30 this morning, right here in this room. There's about a hundred, there's about this many people here this morning at 6.30. And I read from Luke chapter 24, and it says in there when the ladies and the folks who came to re-anoint the body of Christ with the spices, they were confronted by two men in shining garments and they said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? 
Why? See, Jesus had told them on the third day he'd rise. They didn't understand. Didn't connect with them. So they went back looking for a dead Jesus. They went back to look for a dead Jesus and found an empty tomb. That's when the celebration began. That's when the life began. That they began to proclaim and to announce and declare and die for their faith in the face in, in, in this whole truth thing. You see, I mean, they had scattered in the garden. They ran away from the soldiers. You know, one guy even disobeyed Jesus and cut off an ear. Right? That's Peter. Jesus, excuse me, put it back. Right? You see? They went looking for a dead Jesus. And years and years of ministries troubled me that though we make the verbal statement of Jesus being alive, that the testimony of an alive Jesus in a lot of Christians' lives is not there. Folks, we have victory. We have life in the face of death. And if we don't live it, we don't proclaim it, if we don't announce it, then what's the world hearing? They're hearing about a dead Jesus. We have got to live the victory that God's given us in the resurrection. So what are you pursuing? Are you pursuing something in the world? I'm not going to name it for you. If I name it for you, then it becomes a list and everybody goes, oh, that preacher's preaching against. I'm just preaching against everything in the world system out there that would deny the truth of God. And there's a lot of it out there. So beware, because our pursuit is that God has a design and a purpose and a plan for life, and more specifically, God has a design on my life. And in Christ, he has a design on your life. What can you do today that brings God glory? Welcome, I'm glad you're here. All right, you showed up. We're in worship together. We come together as the body of Christ to to proclaim, first of all, His glory, right? But to announce to the world that we are not our own. We don't belong to ourselves. We surrender and submit ourselves to meaning in God's plan, design, and identity. Right? I want people to know Jesus. I want, to know, I want people to know God's love. I, I want to talk to people about the cross. So many of you have asked. All right, so yeah, the rain changed, changed activities today. It's fine. We still did sunrise service, worship time, right here. We're having 810 worship. We're going to do 925 worship. Our friends across the corner over there, they're getting ready. Uh, they meet outdoors. <laughs> no, they pull down those plastic curtains over there. It's okay. They're going to have worship over there. It's going to be fine. In fact, they're going to try to get your parking place in just a minute. All right? Um, we're going to do 925 worship. We're going to do 1040 worship. We're going to do 1150 worship. We're not doing an egg hunt. I already told you that. But guess what? People say, are you still doing baptism? Absolutely. First word out was, is guess what? We're getting wet anyway. <laughs> right? So at 1245, we're going to meet right over there in the fellowship hall 
and we're going to decide. This, this, the jacuzzi's warmed up back here. So some people may say, I want to get baptized, but not in the ocean. Guess what? We can do that. But I promise you, if there's somebody who wants to go over to the ocean and get baptized, I'm going over to baptize them. Because we're going to celebrate life in Christ today. And there's some people who signed up on the internet. This is new technology that's foreign to me. But they've signed up to be baptized today. They want to make that statement of their faith. They want the world to know that they're pursuing life in Christ. So what are you pursuing today? What's your pursuit? If you're pursuing things of the world, then it's hevel, meaninglessness. But if you're pursuing Jesus, if you're pursuing life in Christ, then there's meaning and there's hope and there's joy and happy Easter. Because we celebrate on this Sunday specifically the resurrection of our Savior. We'll celebrate that next Sunday too, just so you know. Alrighty? See, if you don't know Jesus this morning, we absolutely want to introduce you to Him. See, maybe you've been given something of this world that quite honestly I refer to as as churchianity. Some people believe the, the church saves them. It's not what the Bible teaches. So you know. Jesus saves a relationship with God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ where our sins are washed away and we surrender, submit ourselves to Him. And if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you know why that's important? Because what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. Jesus said that. You believe that God has the power, that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. Romans 10. So I want you to be saved. I want you to have meaning, purpose, life in Christ. Maybe you're a Christian and the world just crowds, crowds, distracts, draws you aside. The news is, is that uh, the Bible calls that sin. And we have to confess and repent of that. Maybe you want to be a part of what God's doing here at the gathering. You can come be a part of it. You know, there's a thing called membership. We tell you what you do. You got to know Jesus is the Lord of your life. You got to be buried, you baptized, where you go all the way under the water. You can be a member. But all of those things aside, if you don't know Jesus this morning, that's your greatest need. You need Jesus. And we'd love to introduce you to him. All righty? Pray with me. Father, thank you for today and for all that you're going to do in us, for all that you want to do in our midst, for the things that you want to accomplish. Father, I pray that we'd be surrendered, that we'd be submitted, that that we'd just bow before you in worship and and acknowledge you as Savior and Lord and, and commit ourselves to you. God, Easter Sunday is a great day to surrender. So God, help us to be surrendered. I thank you for every person here. There's some folks I know. There's some folks I don't know. God, we gather every first day of the week to celebrate and worship you. And yet, God, so many times on Easter Sunday, we get together and and get to, to enjoy this season of celebration. 
But God, if there's somebody in the room that, that's never received Christ and, and received salvation in Christ, God, it's my prayer, God, that they'd know you today. So as we sing, God, help us to obey you. And we're going to praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.